So it's from James chapter 5, and it's verses 7 to 11. But be patient, my friends, as you wait for the Lord to come. Look at the farmer quietly awaiting his precious harvest. See how he has to possess his soul in patience till the land has had the early and late rains. So must you be patient, resting your hearts in the ultimate certainty. The Lord's coming is very near. Don't make complaints against each other. In the meantime, as you wait for Christ's return, you may be the one at fault yourself. The judge himself is already at the door. For our example of the patient endurance of suffering, we can take the prophets who have spoken in the Lord's name. Remember that it is usually those who have patiently endured to whom we accord the word blessed. You have heard of Job's patience endurance and how God dealt with him in the end. And therefore, you have seen that the Lord is merciful and full of compassion for us. Amen. Wonderful, thank you. Wonderful. So um, maybe in that reading, you may have noticed uh, that it's a fantastic little bit of advice from, uh, from the book of James. And James notices three different types of people who need and whose life represents patience. So they should be coming up uh, on the screen uh, in, in a bit, actually. Is, are they, are they, is there like a farmer thing? Yes, there they are. Yeah, yeah. So people are meant... Yeah, you know what I meant. Uh, and um, so three different types of people in that scripture reading. So he mentions the farmers, you know, about, you know, they have to, they plant the seed and they can't dictate the rain. He mentions the prophets. That's kind of people who like speak for God or, or you know, you could describe them as kind of, they speak truth to power, speak truth to power, often involved in like systems or institutions or nations and they're trying to change things. So, and then it's... Um, quite hard to change things sometimes isn't it so it's like the prophets and a character called Job who if you've not come across really interesting it's the first book of the Bible ever written actually and it's all about pain and suffering and this you know like I'm sure you know those people where loads of bad things happen and then you think nothing more bad will happen to them just because there must be some justice in the world and then something else happens that's bad and then something Job's that kind of story you know you just think is anything else going to... Yeah, it does go wrong. It keeps going wrong. It, it sorts itself out in the end. But that's the brief story of, of Job. That's sort of 40 chapters summed up in a minute. There you go. So the farmer, uh, the prophets, and Job. And so James knocks them out and put, points them out because he's trying to teach us something about patience. And he says, each of these three different people groups have something to teach us about patience. So we're going to look at that uh, uh, briefly now as we're going to go through them. So the first one hopefully should come up is the farmer, Nathan. It should be next. Brilliant, the farmer. So when he talks about the farmer, he talks about events that are uncontrollable. Uncontrollable. So the farmer has to plant, you know, in the book of John, has to plant the seed. And then, as you know, you just have to wait. You have to wait for it to grow. You have to hope that you've done all the work for the right conditions. But, you, ha- you know, particularly in those days, you have to wait for the rain to cause the growth. You have to trust the weather. It's 
completely and utterly beyond, particularly in those days, the farmer's ability. It's uncontrollable. It's uncontrollable. The farmer would have had a high level of trust in you know, the, the earth, uh, uh, the weather, and, and so on. But farmers can't control the weather. They can't control uh, the economy. They can't control transport. They can't control who's going to buy it and will the, will the you know, crops come out correct and things. They're completely, in a way, out of control. And James says, firstly, there are situations that we're going to be in, that we are in, and maybe you're in, where you're just out of control. There are situations where you're completely uncontrollable. Now, the funny thing about us humans is, is that we like to be in control, don't we? We all like that. So who is in control? Because each of us want to think we are in control. <laughs> but we're funny things like that. We like to be in control. And, it, and there's nothing, not controlling, but being in control. There's nothing wrong with that, feeling like, you know, I know what I'm doing today, and I know this, and I've got this plan, I've got this plan. But we know actually the reality is we are so not in control. We are so not in control of our lives, really. You know, we, we can't force everything to kind of work how we want it all the time. We have to live with a sense of some things are just beyond our control. And so James says maybe there's people in his church, in our church, in our context that can relate to something of the farmer. Maybe in your context at the situation where there are things that you can't control. It might be, it could be illnesses. It could be a threatening job situation. It could be that in the context where you, work, you, just, you can't change things, you're not in that position. You're beyond, it's beyond control. It might be some mental health issues that just feel so uncontrollable. Those things are out of control. Or maybe just, you know, I, I fortunate enough to go to holiday in France. I was just telling some people at the door there that um, when you go into the supermarket, um, there's food on the shelves. It's incredible. And it's completely full where you go to my local Audi and it's, there's, you know, it feels like it's been raided, you know. It's just like this, gosh, there's a lot more control over their supply chains and what they're doing. There's that sense of sometimes even the world we live in can just feel like overwhelming. We're not in control. So farmers represent that. We're going to look at how we get through each of these uh, in a bit. So the next group are the prophets. Are the prophets. And uh, prophets, according to James, get a little bit unpopular. Now, so part of their role was, particularly in the Hebrew Scriptures, and, uh, or what you, some of you may be familiar with it, called the Old Testament, is their role was to, um, you know, to kind of like speak truth to power. Have you heard that phrase, speak truth to power? So, so they, were the ones, they were never the ones kind of with the power, so they didn't have that position of kind of responsibility, technical responsibility of making the decisions. Their job was to be speaking truth to power, to be nudges, or as a sort of softer word, to nudge people, to nudge people in authority into the right position. So their job was to try to bring change. So they would, like that song we sang, they'd look at the world and they'd think, hold on, this ain't quite in line, this is a bit skew with, this is a bit wonky, this isn't quite right. So what we need to do, we need to bring some change, we need to bring some change to bring it into order and to shape it so it reflects more of God's love and character and beauty. And James says that people like that become really popular and everybody, no, and get promoted. No, James says they are unpopular, they are unpopular. And it's those kinds of people often, examples of us who need patience. So you may um, I've never said this, but it's warm in our church, isn't it? It really is warm, hanging there. Uh, you may be in that situation where you, you, in a workplace or a family life or friendship where you actually stood up for something that you think is true and really important, but actually it's resulted in you just being unpopular. And how do you have patience in those situations? Or patience when you're misunderstood, where people don't quite get your intentions 
and your motives that you're trying to, to, to move things forward and how, how you cope with that being unpopular. Then the last was Job. Remember Job who we spoke about where everything keeps going wrong all the time? And his thing was everything was unbearable, absolutely unbearable. He, it's, it's a parable. We don't think it's kind of literally happened. We think it's a parable. But everything goes wrong. He loses his family. He uh, gets in trouble with God and his friends. It's, it's a heartbreaking, heartbreaking story. And everything is unbearable. And it's in those situations, often we need patience, don't we? Patience with God, patience with life, patience with the NHS, uh, patience with waiting in the queue for get a doctor's appointment. When everything starts to become unbearable, how do we cope? So I'm kind of wondering, really, when I was kind of reading this, think, gosh, yeah, they all, they, I can relate to, to them. You know, there's moments in my life where I, I feel like I've got to be a farmer and just be patient because I haven't got control over Dave getting his wallet out in time to pay for Audi. And I have to just uh, put up with it, you know, and you just have to kind of let it go. There's times where I think, actually, sometimes I'm being like a prophet where I'm trying to change things and nudge things along. And, and it's a big old organization, the Diocese uh, Church of England, to try and change and develop. And you, you realize that's, that's the challenge. Or sometimes, you know, when you've gone through painful, difficult times, whether you've been rejected because of who you are or your gender or your sexuality or your views on things, and, and, and you're, just, you're just unpopular. You're like a, a prophet and you just, it's just wrong, but there it is. But sometimes life is unbearable, particularly for some of us who, face, when you face physical illness, it is unbearable. And you think, can it, can it go on? So James, I was at those three. So I wonder whether you're kind of sitting here uh, thinking, well, actually, I can, I, you know, I can relate. Sometimes I, I need a bit of farming. I need to be a bit of profit. I need, I can relate to, to Job. So, but the beautiful thing about the Bible and the book of James is that actually what he does is then goes on to provide us with some answers. That's nice of him, isn't it? That's good. So uh, these are his top tips uh, three top tips uh, for kind of getting through um, and developing patience. So, so we're, if you're here this, uh, not this morning, this afternoon, and you feel like you need a bit of patience and you can relate to any of those three situations or those kind of uh, habits, as it were, James comes along and reminds us of actually how do they develop patience? How do they get through it? They did these three things. I'll just mention them really briefly before we worship and um, finish and respond and eat scones together. The first thing they all noticed uh, was, was this, is that they're all part of a bigger story, all part of a bigger story. You know, the, one of the, the dangers is, is that um, we always think we have a great future behind us. Do, do you know what I mean? Our great futures were behind us. We're, we were going to do great one day and then, you know, I got old and, uh, you know, lost my air and it all kind of went wrong or, you know, I was going to do this and, and our f- great futures are always kind of behind us. But, but what the book of James says is that actually it's always a bigger story. God is always working his purpose out through and beyond our pain. It's not the end of the story. It's not what it is, how it is today, James says, is not how it's going to be tomorrow or next week. You're part of a bigger story and God is working out his purposes. You know, um, Corey Ten Boom, remember we did her hiding place here months ago. David did it before he was Eric Liddell and I can't keep up with his, his, his changes. But, um, uh, but for that is uh, Corey Ten Boom. And in that play, there's um, Corey Ten Boom used to talk about embroidery. Anybody here do a little bit of embroidery? Where you, yeah, I, I've never done it. But, but you know, the one, the one side is a beautiful kind of pattern, isn't it? Or a picture. And the other side is just full of craggly knots that look, look hideous and Corey Ten Boom often said she looks back on her life she realized often she's just looking at all the knots thinking this is no good this is painful you know she's in a concentration camp this is awful but actually as she turns over she sees the biggest story that God is doing something wonderful and beautiful 
And it might be really simply just for us, whatever we're going through, we need that patience where we're getting fed up with everything just to remind ourselves we're part of a bigger story that God is weaving and God is working out. His purpose is bigger than our problems. The second thing uh, James uh, mentions us is to uh, this lovely little phrase you may have heard in the reading, which is rest in ultimate certainty. Rest in ultimate certainty, or to know God's got it in hand. In the reading, you notice a few times when Deb read it, was, it was, you know, God is here, God is judge, God is at the door. There's that sense of God isn't distance, but God is at hand. That rest in that kind of ultimate certainty. You know, there's, um, I remember when, um, years ago now, my mum passed away, but when my, when they, my dad, mum and dad rang me to say she'd been diagnosed with a particular form of cancer, which was, um, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was manageable, but not treatable, if you, you know that sort of phraseology. Um, you know, I remember my dad sort of saying, well, you know, if, if, if God heals her, God heals her. But if he doesn't, he doesn't. He's, he's, still, he's still God. You know, there's that something about where you don't hold God accountable for everything, but you go a little bit deeper and you think, God is still God. Whatever I go through, I still trust God. That rest in that ultimate certainty not just in whether my prayers get answered or whether this seemingly situation works out for my best, but actually that ultimate certainty. So it's God is near. It's that ultimate certainty. Like that farmer who just kind of sows the seed and then just thinks, I'm going to have a little sleep and a little nap now. Or Jesus in the boat when he was, you know, there's a big storm going on. He just had a little nap, you know, resting in ultimate certainty. Maybe have a little nap. That's perhaps what we all, all need. And the last thing, just to note, is this, that God is always working in our waiting, working in our waiting, that his kind of uh, delays, as it were, when things aren't quite working out as you hope, they're not necessarily denials of what God wants. They're just sometimes delays, you know, just takes a while. He works for British Rail. Sometimes it just takes a while uh, for things to get there, you know, but it does, uh, it does in the end, you know, God is working in our waiting. It's not kind of wasted time, as it were. So James kind of lifts up this vision of saying, actually, Patience and fruit of the Spirit, patience is one of the fruit, is, is like a really underrated but really cool thing. And he actually links it, there's more work to be done, links it back to God himself, that God, one of his characteristics is patience. And so maybe think, reflect a little bit on those three things that we kind of thought of, of gosh, you know, which, what, where do I need a bit more patience in my life? Or where am I good at and what's my growing edge? Where can I can develop in patience? Or it might be you think, you know, perhaps I am. I'm in a farming situation, not literally, that'd be quite cool if we were, but maybe I am where things feel out of control and we have to be patient. We have to trust that God is working in our waiting. We're part of a bigger story. We can trust that God is at hand. Or maybe feeling like a prophet at the moment and you're trying to change things and nobody's really listening or it's just not landing well and intentions and impact are all getting muddled. Or maybe we just come back to there's a bigger story. The ultimate certainty, God is still on the throne, God's working in my waiting. Or maybe you're just feeling Joby, or you know somebody who's feeling very Joby, and life is just utterly unbearable. It just it ain't working, full stop. Perhaps Booker James will just come back to those three things, the biggest story that God is at work, working in our waiting. So what we want to do um, this afternoon is just as we begin to draw our service to a close, I'm going to, invite, I'm going to pray in a moment and invite Dave just to um, come and lead us in a song of worship called Waymaker, which speaks actually really into the situation about God working in our waiting and knowing that when it doesn't look like anything's happening, that the bigger story is at work. So we're going to sing that a, a little bit of time together. But as we do that, just on the table here, there's some um, beautiful stones and... Um, 
sometimes I find it helpful just to do something as a kind of response, you know, and just to think, actually, I, I, you know, I need, I need a bit of the farmer. <laughs> I need a bit of the prophet or have um, So I want to invite you, if you'd like to, as, as Dave leads us in this song of worship before we pray, that maybe you want to just come out and take a stone and, and maybe take it back to your chair and just hold it and help you to kind of focus, thinking actually this is an area of patience that I really need to grow on or just learn to live not in control. Let me just pray and then we continue in our worship. Loving God, we thank you for your scriptures. Thank you that they're full of life and full of examples for us to follow. Pray for any of us, Lord, who need a bit more patience in life, where it feels a bit uncontrollable, that we're out of control. Help us to trust you. Where we feel actually we've taken a bit of a hit for standing up for what's true. Help us to see that you're working in our waiting. And when life for some of us or those that we know are just unbearable, help us to know that you're still at work weaving something beautiful in this bigger story, even if we can't always see it. Just as we worship together, Lord, may your sweet spirit be amongst us and help us to be more patient with you, patient with one another and all the other things that are pressuring us at the moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.